Welcome, everyone, to our um, seventh and final postseason pint of the season. <sighs> Rye, I am. Uh, I'm at a loss for words right now, buddy. I um, listen. All day today, I, w- I was a ball of nerves, and I didn't know what to think or feel or whatever. And I had a million different scenarios play th- out in my head about how tonight would go. And I didn't envision that. That was about as disappointing as you can get. Oh, man. I got to get ready for this episode. Hold on. I've already opened mine. I've already opened mine. I opened mine before we even started recording. I couldn't wait. Yeah, that's that's all the emotion of another game seven loss. Like, whoa! I've got a i've I've got a I've got a bunch of notes here from the game. Like, just like who scored the goals and all that stuff. I don't want to talk about it. Like, anyone who's listening to us um, knows what happened. Uh, I want to get into why it happened. And um, I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the coaching and maybe some other things. So let's just, before we get into that, because it's going to be a while, um, let's talk a little bit about some of the performances tonight. Um, Unfortunately, I fear, Ryan, that after what many people thought was like a Vesna contending season and playing six incredible games in this series. All people are going to remember is the shaky outing that Freddie Anderson had tonight in game seven. Two of those Boston goals should not have gone in. I'm sorry. And, um, yeah, all his detractors who say he's not a big game goalie and he's shaky in the big games all got fresh ammo tonight. What did you think of uh, the performance of Freddie Anderson? Yeah, you know what? I can excuse the first goal. Like, it was just kind of a breakdown. It was a bad goal, but, like, you just got to move past it. It's one goal, and then the second goal was just a brutal giveaway, and he really had no shot, I thought, but... Man, that third goal, like, you cannot give that up early in the third period when your team had all the momentum in the second period and was pressing and was only a goal behind, and you give up a a a, a shot from, from that dot, like, to a third liner. Like, it's just, that is just such a killer, man. And once that went in, it was over, and I played so well this series, but, man... You, that goal cannot go in. I'm not pinning the loss on him at all. No, well, not it's, at all. it's not totally. It, 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 There's blame to go around, but it like, was it I was think... definitely his weakest game of the series. It was the first time this series that I thought Tuka Rask outplayed him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the bottom line. Tuka Rask outplayed him. That's simple as that. And that just that last goal. It's blatantly obvious to anyone who watches hockey that that goal is just a killer and you cannot let that in early in the third period when you're trying to come back. Like, it's just it's just a killer. All right, let's move on. Um, I want to single some guys out here. Uh, Jake Gardner, the, uh, the second Bruins goal. 
Uh, throwing the puck away. Yeah, just, just throw it. Oh, here's a little pressure. Oh, oh, here you go. Oh, here you go. Up uh, scores. Yeah, like um, oh, we just watched. We just watched Jake Gardner's last game as a Leaf. Yeah, that was that is correct. And you know what? Based on what I saw tonight and what happened last year in Game Seven, and the fact that he because Nazem went and got himself suspended because he was the only remaining guy from the thirteen team. I think it is appropriate that Jake Gardner goes elsewhere and has a fresh start somewhere else. Um, you could see the fear all over him tonight when he, during the whole game, he just looked petrified every single time he was out there. Um, I thought he brought Travis Dermott down. I thought Dermott didn't play well because he's compensating for his partner, who's just a dumpster fire. And yeah, I, I honestly, Ry, I think that's Jake Gardner's final game as a Leaf. Yeah, and uh, couldn't end in a more Jake Gardner way. A bad giveaway in Game 7 in TD Garden Arena, and that's 0 for 3 for Jakey in Game 7s against the Bruins, being one of the only few gentlemen who was on that first go-around in 2013. I'm going to skip over the fourth line right now. Um, I thought the fourth line actually wasn't bad. I actually thought Tyler Ennis was one of the best players for the Leafs yeah, all night. The I, I thought he was the only guy who was creating offense and creating for himself. The fourth line is going to come up later in this conversation with respect to Mr. Babcock. So let's get right to the third line. Um, don't even don't even come up with it. They're awful. Yeah, I never see. I call yeah. them the allergy line because yeah. they're allergic to offense. Yeah. I've never seen. That line is just, every time that line was on the ice, man, it's just like nothing is going to happen. All three of them are horrendous tonight. All three of them. Don't, don't at me, William Nylander lovers. He was awful tonight too. It's only fitting. His season ended with a giveaway, which led to the empty net goal for the Bruins. Um, Yeah, I, they, they, they were awful. They're awful. Yeah, just they they're just not good enough. Can't create anything. Got outplayed by the Bruins bottom six, whatever line they got matched up against. Got outplayed. Can't like just I I've never seen for for three guys who've all like Connor Brown's had one year of scoring and Marlowe's had a whole career of scoring and Nylander. Uh, is, a, is a skilled hockey player, and you put those three guys together, and it amounts to zero offense, like just zero, just nothing, no shots, no pressure, no time in the offensive zone. With, and even if they do spend time in the offensive zone, there's no danger towards the Bruins' net or any net at that. In that fact, like they're just, I'd never want to see those three players on the same line again if they all come back next year. Who knows? But dude, that line, I'm I'm so sick of that line, and they were awful. I don't want to dive too much into this because we're like obviously we just we're kind of running down things, and we'll do a we'll do an hour long post mortem on the whole season later in the week. But I don't know I don't know where you go with William Nylander from here, Ryan. Like he had an abysmal season. Like there there was no there isn't one moment I can look back. Maybe the goal he got against Montreal during the regular season, uh, there's no moment that I can look back and think that was a positive bright spot for William Nylander. It was a dark, awful season. 
and William Nylander's fans are going to say, well, bring him back next year. Let him have a fresh start. Let him be in camp. And like, I can see that. And I, and maybe there's an argument to be made for that, but this was a, this was a horrendous, horrendous season for William Nylander. Yeah, dude, it was awful. And I'm looking up at Speckles in in the press box too, who decided to hand an absolute jamoke a seven million dollar deal for a not even a res like not even an impressive resume. Like, um oh boy, that I'm sure Brendan Shanahan or Kyle Dubas, one of them in their minds are going, I, I maybe would like to have that one back because having Nylander sit out the entire year and sit out the series would have made no difference to the result, in my opinion. Like, just terrible. He's I, I know there's some Nylander fans, but, dude, they're dwindling. Most people I talk to now, they can't stand the guy. He he can't do anything. Like, everyone texted, like, a million people texted me tonight. Not one person was sticking up for him. All of them were like, he's garbage. Get him off the ice. He's terrible. All right, the Matthews line. I thought Matthews was pretty good tonight. Um, I thought he had his game going. Uh, his two wingers, I thought Janssen was okay. Kasperi Kapanen was invisible. Invisible. Yeah, they just couldn't create any offense. Every Again, time, like, yeah, every they, time they, 34. 34 has had like three big games in a row. So every time he touched the puck tonight, he was swarmed by black sweaters. And his wingers didn't help him out. And that was that. They just like you're right. They couldn't generate any offense. Yeah, like Austin Matthews is. I'll give the guy credit. He erased any doubt that people had about him in a playoff series in this series. So you got to give him a lot of credit for that. He created a little bit for himself tonight, but couldn't find the back of the net. And I found I find the other two. It's a lot of skating, and but just not a lot of danger. Like that's the whole theme around this hockey team. It's. It's a lot of skating and a lot of cute passes, but not a lot of danger towards the Bruins' net. Like, the Leafs, for most of the game, were out shooting the Bruins. I'm not sure what the final total was, but the difference between the high danger chances for the Bruins and the Leafs, to me, isn't even close. Like, the Boston Bruins, every time they get an opportunity in the offensive zone, it's a dangerous opportunity to score. And every and the Leafs have a hard time getting the puck to the net sometimes. Like, it's just... I don't know if the Bruins do a good job of just collapsing and not letting shots through and the Leafs just don't, but dude, a lot of the Leafs lines just struggle at getting a high danger chance against them. And that brings us to the first line. Um, Johnny T got a goal tonight. Thought he was a little better tonight. Took that ridiculous punch in the side of the head as a Dano Chara. That, that is like, if Nazem Kadri is going to get suspended, then Chara should be suspended too. Suspended too for that. That was a joke. But that aside, Mitch Marner, man, like nowhere to be found again tonight. Like, and you know he he played really well at the beginning of the series, and then he fizzled out, and he was like a non-factor. Yeah, he a got non- shut down. Yeah, he's a non-factor again tonight. Yeah, they shut him down. It was a non-factor again tonight, and it's like, oh. He had one good shooting opportunity tonight, and he followed it up with, like, a rebound chance. But other than that, like, just a lot of dipsy doodling and no, again, no high danger chances towards the net. I can't believe it. a lot of skating and a lot of passing. I can't believe it. Ryan, I can't believe they lost 
game seven in Boston again. And you know what? People are going to look at this and be like, oh, well, like, you know, the last few times it's been like an in-game collapse. This is still a collapse. They had a chance to wrap this series up yeah, on th- Sunday. This is worse to me. Yeah. This, to me, this yeah. is worse because yeah. the other two times you were, you were, you almost felt lucky to be in that series. Like, like they, they got dominated those first two times around and they somehow made it to game seven. And it was, it almost like the, the, I hate, saying hockey gods but it's like they blew it in those third periods because they just weren't meant to win this year they played very well throughout this series and they were up three games to two in their home barn you've already taken two wins at on the road in TD Garden and you had a chance to finish it off at home and you didn't and then you go to game seven and to me you just you're not winning in that building three times. Like, it's just not. I, I. That's why I didn't think they were going to win tonight. You've already took your two out of that building. You had your chance to win at home. You didn't. You lose in game seven. And to me, it, it frustrates me more this year because I thought this is the best series they've played against them. And they had an opportunity to win twice. They had them on the ropes and they just couldn't do it. And to me, it's just so disappointing. Like, it's just. Yeah, it's I'm I'm. I don't even know what to think right now, buddy. I don't even know what to say. Um, I can tell you what uh, I can tell you what Twitter's saying, and that is everybody wants Mike Babcock's head on a silver platter for his deplo- once again. It's a we're a broken record. We've talked about this all year. His deployment of the roster, rolling four lines virtually all night. And yeah, but you know what my counter to that is though is Bruce Cassidy's rolling his lines too, man. Like you know, like I know he moved Pasternak off the first line, moved to the second line, and they I, don't give me the David Backus thing. Like that that does that's inconsequential. It doesn't matter. But to me, it's like it, the, Bruce Cassidy's not double shifting guys. Like Bruce Cassidy was rolling his lines and rolling his lines all series too. Like they just got outplayed tonight, and they got outplayed. And they lost. Where, like where, it's Ryan, just... where, Ryan, the, the coaching is a problem, though, Ryan. It is. I'm sorry. The coaching is an absolute problem. You know what else is a problem? Handing a $7 million contract to a Jamoke. No, That's I know. That's also a problem. I know, Ryan. But, th- th- like, we talked about it last episode. Putting Patrick Marlowe out there as much as he is is wrong. It's just wrong. And, like, the thing I think that pisses people off is... You're trailing in the game. You need to score goals. Why is Frederick Gauthier on the ice? Like that, that, like, listen, I thought the fourth line played pretty good tonight, but they're not going to score you any goals. That line is not going to score you a goal. Okay. Matthews and Tavares and Marner and those guys, and Marner's not going, keep shoving them out there. Like the Ryan, the coaching is an, is an absolute problem. But what pisses me off tonight is the Bruins' fourth line and third line scored all night. Yeah, like, and there's just, so again, and listen, it's not totally like, on the fact that William Nylander's a bum is not Mike Babcock's fault. The whole fault. roster is just flawed, man. I, I know he deploys it the wrong way, and I, I, he deserves all the blame, and he has to take responsibility for not putting his franchise player on the ice as much as he's supposed to. Like I get that, They're, that I totally understand, but. To me, at the end of the day, this hockey team is just flawed in so many ways that they they have a lot of work to do. And I don't care if you have Scotty Bowman on the bench, man. Like they, they that 
that lineup is just not going to do it. It's just the defense is soft. It's weak. It's slow. The forwards are soft. And they just, they don't have the horses, man. Like, what are you going to do? Ro- play two lines all game? Like, I get the third period, but like, it's just, I, I understand, like, I don't know. I'm kind of caught in the middle here because I, I get pissed off when Marlowe's on the ice in important times, but it, this series in hockey is more about, like, it's a whole series. It's a whole game. It's a whole 60 minutes. It's not just one period, you know? Like, this roster is flawed from the defense to the bottom six to the amount of players that are in the same kind of molded out of the same clay all skilled hockey players like we get the whole toughness thing but I just I don't know I, I'm so torn in the middle right now like I'm just I don't I agree with you that the roster's flawed and the, one of the positives I think that's going to come out of this is it forces like if the Leafs had won tonight and gone into the second round everything would have been hunky-dory and we'd and these reoccurring problems would have been back next year and now it it now it forces the Leafs to take a good long look at this like they're gonna take a good long look like I said Jake Gardner is gone he's gone and you got to take a look at guys like Patrick Mart like they have to sit down with Patrick Marlowe and say what are we gonna do with you like you can't they can't have him come back they're gonna have to sit down with Connor Brown and be like you were horrendous from the drop of the puck this season what are we gonna do with you like I think the Leafs Here's the thing about the Leafs. I think the core is intact and in place. Like, Matthew stepped up. Marner had a monster year. Johnny T got 47 goals. Um, Riley should have been a Norris candidate, even though he wasn't. Like, these are good pieces, and they have these pieces that they can build. Hyman proved that he's a valuable part of the core. First liner this year. Like, he proved all this stuff. It's It's the surrounding bit pieces that need to be taken out and replaced that is the problem that and and again their lack of depth on the blue line hurt them at times in this series although I thought Zaitsev played better this series than he played all year and Muzzin played really well but they they need to get better on the blue line and yeah, they do it's that go that's literally and, just start there man and then you right. got it, t- it forces you to take a look at guys forces you to take a look at guys like Kapanen and Janssen it's like are we going to pay these guys when, like, again, we... Please, we, no. Well, no, no, but Please it's true, though. No. But it's like, we've joked about that on the show, about how at the deadline, these guys were untouchables. And it's like, you look at it now, and you're kind of like, is Casper Kapanen... And, and honestly, I'm eating a bit of crow on Casper Kapanen. Like, you can check the tape on this show. I glowed about Kapanen all the way through the regular season. And now I'm kind of like, is this guy really an untouchable? Like, is this guy somebody who I want to hold on to and not maybe go and try it and get another like and again I, I hate to sound like like an old school hockey fan here but they also got too many of the same player and another thing you got to look at too is Nazem Kadri like Nazem Kadri a huge reason why that third line stunk is because their regular center was not in the middle and it's because Nazem Kadri yeah, yeah. couldn't control his temper and so you got to yeah. look and say dude this is two years in a row where you have handcuffed our team and I know that he's a he's a good player and the, th- the thing that's extra appealing about Kadri is, is he's on a really good contract but this is two years in a row now that you've cost us against the Boston Bruins like what are we going to yeah. do? That's a good point. Like we almost like you almost forget that Cadre was even a part of this team. Like, yeah, we've been harping about like, that third like, dude, line, and they stink. Yeah, but you're right; they did. They haven't had their center. They've had William Nylander playing center. Yeah, we're sitting here. We're sitting here ripping on the third line, and it's like 
Nazem Kadri screwed this team over again. Yeah, you're right. Honestly, and, it yeah. just kind of slips your mind. Yeah. So it's like, because what are we he's so far out of? He's so far out of sight that you don't even remember. I just, it's just like boiling down. Like everyone's going to want to throw their blame on someone 100%, but it's just so many little things that the GM's done. The coach has done the the bad goal from Freddie. Like, well, here's, here's my, here's my initial, here's my initial things that I want to say. And like I said, we're, we're going to come back in a couple of days and we're going to reassess and we're going to take some time to get over this and we're going to like come at it with like a little less emotion. But just right now sitting here in the in the heat of it all, I think they've got to look, like I said, I think the core is in place. I think you've got to look at all the pieces surrounding the core. William Nylander is not a part of that core to me. I'm sorry, he's not. Um, as the salary cap goes up, that contract is going to get more and more appealing to other teams. So he's a guy that you could potentially look to move, especially if you got to pay Marner all this money. they got to address their blue line. Coming back next year without addressing their blue line, because you got to think Gardner walks. So if you don't address the blue line, it's the same top four we just watched. And or Hainsey is Hainsey's isn't it? Is this the last year on Hainsey's deal? I think so. Yeah, it is. Okay, so so I don't see Dubis resigning Hainsey no matter how no matter how badly Babcock screams for him to resign him. I don't see that happening. So you got to think Rosen Gardner's gone and Rosen draws in. And then which they, is which is scary, man. Yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. like I know I know we hate Jake Gardner and like we don't a lot of people don't like Ron Hainsey, but it's like what he what he's gonna plop Tally Rosen in there? Like come on, the guy's a guy's a borderline AH like he's an AHLer. Like it's like they have a lot of work to do, man. Like especially on that. Like I would take all your attention and focus it all on that blue line. Like try. As hard as you can to, to land some decent hockey players back there, because plopping guys from the from the Marlies into the into that top six with Zaitsev, Riley, Derm, like that's that that's worse. It's almost worse, man. Like it's a it's a lot of work they're gonna have to do. There's also the special teams disaster. Oh, it's awful, man. Like even though tonight they finally did what I suggested all season. They finally did it in the last game of the year. They switched Marner and Matthews, and still it made no difference. They can't even, like, you you said something perfect last episode, how the Bruins penalty kill is just so much more aggressive. And, and you're so right. Like, you just watch them. Like, the Leafs can't even get a setup because they got two guys on them constantly. It's hard to make a pass in the offensive zone. Like, the, like it's, the Leafs weren't on a penalty kill tonight, and they still lost, But but, like, their their power play man like it's just it's it's a problem too like they have they they can't set up they can't score like especially i i, I know they're top 10 in the regular season but like their their power play in the series was terrible and that's that's a big difference and the last thing i want to make is i do think that um some i've said it uh, all all year that a discussion needs to be had with Mike Babcock. And I think a discussion needs to be had without Mike Babcock on if he's the right guy to coach this team. Well, where I stand on that is as long as Kyle Dubas is the general manager of this hockey team 
it's not going to work. Like, it's just, to me, it's just plain and simple now. Like, these two cannot work together. Like, Well, they, they have totally different philosophies. Totally different Apparently philosophies. Apparently, Mike Babcock and, was just asked in the post-game press conference about Patty Marlowe being on the ice, and he said, we felt Patty should be out there. Like, oh, man. Like, it, Mike, man. Like, he's... It, it, like, you respect Mike Babcock, and he's a great coach, but, like, the man is just so stubborn, and I get why everyone... Like, I'm with you. Like, you like it's it's ridiculous. Like, you don't understand what goes through his head sometimes. Like, you just no. literally well, are just shaking your head. It's it's all... it's uh, Yeah, he that's the quote. We felt Pat should be out there. Like, uh, Patrick Marlowe is just, like... I didn't see him. He didn't get one scoring chance his entire series. I don't care what analytics say. Oh, he had good shot attempts. No, he didn't. I didn't see one dangerous scoring chance from Patrick Marlowe all series long. And it's just, it's, I, this is the part why, this is why people want Babcock's head. And, and like, I hate laying the blame all on one person, but man, like, it's just, it's so right. like he's you doing just it to himself. To, it's like I, I know you, you never want to sit down with him. Be like, what do you think? Like, what? Why do you do this? No, like, Ryan. He's so he's so set in his ways. He's so we talk about his Mike Babcock's rule book all the time on this show. He's so set in his ways. He will not change. He does not think like new age there's no sort of new ideas no concepts he absolutely refuses to load up a line he won't do it he's a guy who's stubborn extremely and extremely 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 set in his ways and it's at the point now where if he does eventually get fired he wants like look in the mirror dude like look in the mirror. Like well, he'll get hired in two seconds. Okay, fine. Like, well, yeah, then I don't that's think he's, the, okay, he's cool. collected his go, money. Yeah, like, then he can go coach somewhere else and play their yeah, veterans. Like he's like, got nothing. He's got nothing to worry about. He gets canned. He's hired the next day. He's made his. But dough. I think you're right. I think like, I think I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it's become clear to me that and you that this Dubis and Babcock pairing is not going to work. Kyle Dubas and his management group and their philosophies are too new school and new age for this old school, I love my veterans, play it the right way, good pro type coach. Yeah, and as much as Mike Babcock drives you crazy, but like you said at the other the other episode, this isn't the Sioux Greyhounds, Kyle. Like, oh, I yeah. don't care oh, no, no. if I'm, Scotty... Freaking Bowman was behind the bench for this hockey team. They may have won this round, but they aren't winning anything with the roster they have right now. Oh, and uh, listen, I know you got to deploy them a little bit better, but dude, you you got to make some serious changes, bro. Like, you can't be going out looking for. Are we were looking for all the skill and possession and all these? But like, dude, you got to wake up. Like Brendan Shanahan has got to see like. He's got to step in and be like, dude, you need to get some like better mix of dudes in here. Like, I it, I think it's on both of them to be honest with you. Oh no! But Mike, uh, what Mike does is yeah, and what well, Mike does is just right in front of your face though when you're watching the game. Like you're just Ryan, Ryan. What Mike does is game seven. You're trailing the entire game, and yeah. uh, Austin Matthews plays eighteen forty eight. There's yeah, one word for like, that. There's what, one word for that, and it's purpose? unacceptable. Unacceptable. And like he's not glued to his wingers either, no, you know. No. Like you don't have to, you don't have to 
suffer, make his ice well, time the same suffer thing with because Nylander. like it's the same thing with that line. Why can't why can't Trevor Moore play a shift up there? Why can't Ennis play a shift up there? Why why does it always have to be those three guys going over the boards? Why? So you're right. That is why everybody wants his head, and they need to sit down and come to an agreement. And honestly, Ryan, can I be honest? Do I think? Mike Babcock is going to be fired this offseason? No. Yeah, me either. Will it shock me? Also, no, because I think, like I said, there's going to have to be a meeting of the three top guys, and they're going to have to hash this out. And if at the end they just decide it's not a fit, because let me tell you, Dubas is Shani's guy. It ain't Babcock. I know Shani brought Babcock in here first, but Dubas is Shani's guy. Brandon Shanahan is going to live and die with Kyle Dubas. Yep. So that's the only way I see this Babcock not being back here next year is if the three of them all mutually decide, okay, this isn't working. This isn't a fit. We got to move on here. And, like, there's a couple play. I know we've been talking about the coach and, and the GM, but there's a couple players that got to look at themselves in the face, too, and next time they, they are, they're in a playoff series. Like, I know John Tavares got his goal tonight, but, like, he's got to be better. Yeah. Mitch Marner's got to be better. Oh, yep, 100%. Morgan Riley's got to be better. Like, anyway. I know it would help if Riley had a better, like, like a guy he could play with, but, like, uh, like they, some of those guys have also got – like, I know they're still young, though. Like, he, like they're still – the good thing about this core is they're all still young. You know, like it's they're going to have more chances. They're always going to be in a playoff hunt. So those guys have some time to mature and like get their experience and whatever. But get ready, man, because this is it's just going to be a nonstop Mike Babcock bashing for the next week. Oh, like, or yeah. all, all summer, Ryan, all summer. There's going to be yeah, a segment of yeah. the fan base that is going to be really, really upset if he is there to start training camp next year, which he likely will be. And then, like, but then, yeah, I don't even want to get that far right now. Yeah, it's no, just going to be, no. I don't think, I, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to get fired. No, um, I don't think he is. Either. And, you know, if he does get fired, there's Sheldon Keefe as the Toronto Maple Leaf head coach. Well, that's another thing in all two this, Because guess who Kyle Dubas's guy is? He's coaching the Marlies right now. And they just paid him a bunch of money so he wouldn't leave. Because guess what? The Toronto Marlies lost their – their Toronto Marlies top defenseman just sat in the press box for seven games with the Leafs, and the Marlies are in the playoffs winning games. So – He's gonna. Yeah. Some other team is gonna come knocking on his door, and but Dubis that doesn't knows mean, that. Like there was once a Dallas Eakins, like you know. Oh no, I agree. Get, no, let's, listen, let's I'm not, not saying get too excited. I'm not saying Sheldon keeps the be all end all. I'm saying the point I'm making is some other. They paid him all that money to keep him here for a reason, and oh, that yeah, reason no. is yeah, because sure. Dubis wants him here because some of these other teams are gonna come sniffing around. If oh, oh yeah yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's just I I need almost like a, yeah, like we'll we'll come back in a couple of days and kind of rehash everything once like like my head is just spinning. You How know? do you like, feel you're if you're just, John Tavares? You leave the New York Islanders and you're done oh, so you, in the first round and the New York and they're on their way to the second round after sweeping the Penguins. You know what? I feel I actually feel so bad for him. Like I I put the hockey aside for a second. Like if you were just a 
put yourself in his shoes as a human being, like, you gotta have some unbelievable self-doubt going through your head. Like, just, you leave a team that was brutal forever, and then they went around, they're going on. You come to a team that you thought was going to be stacked, and you'd have chances for Stanley Cups, and you get dusted in the first round. And you, you can replace John Tavares with, or you can replace Tyler Bozak with John Tavares, and it's still the same result at the end of the day. Like, you know, like it's... It's it's still the same result, no matter and and now it's like now you're going into an off season where you, you got two guys at eleven and a half million, and you got another guy who's going to be there, and it's like, man, like it's it's it's, it's going to be tough sledding. It's be man. An interesting off season, that's for sure. At least we got the Raptors, Ryan, who took care of business tonight against the Orlando Magic, and are on to the Final Four in the East. So let's go yeah. Raptors. Yeah, let's go Raptors. So, man, my head is just spinning. I don't even know. I'm going to have to listen to this episode back. I don't even know if I made sense half the time. Like, just want to say, I want to say, I want to say thanks, everybody, for joining us on these postseason pints. They were a lot of fun, Ryan. We pumped out a lot of shows over the last couple weeks. Um, oh, yeah. Like, we're going to take, going to take a day or two. I want to take a few days and see how everything plays out in the media with locker clean out and stuff. And then we'll be back with a post-mortem on the season. Um, thank you, everybody, for downloading, and we'll, we'll see you then. Hi, I'm Joel McLeod, co-host of the 905er podcast. The 905 is one of the most diverse and densely populated regions of Canada. Four and a half million of us live, work, and play in the area surrounding Toronto. That's more people in the 905 than actually live in Toronto. Each election, the 905 decides who forms our government at both the provincial and federal levels. So why isn't more attention being focused on us here in the 905? We're looking to change that. My co-host, Roland Tanner, and I tell the stories that define what we are calling the most important region in Canada. Each week, we bring to your attention news, culture, and issues that make up what it means to be a 905er. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Or you can visit us at 905er.ca to subscribe. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.